very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. Today, I have a fellow Canadian with me, Dr. Nathan Jeel. Uh, Dr. Nathan Jeel is a dentist. And uh, the thing that is intriguing, at least for me, about Dr. Neil is that, uh, I mean, Dr. Jeel is that um, he's not only a dentist, but he's also an entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur who built, I guess, a business with 180 people, and uh, I do a lot of different things, as many of you know, um, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Hi, Dr. Jeel, welcome. Hi there, Naren. Good morning. Um, can you maybe tell us a little bit about your journey? You know, just give us kind of a, a two to three minute summary of uh, your kind of your history, if I may. Uh, sure, and I'd be happy to. I am a, a practicing dentist, um, as you said, in Canada, in Winnipeg more specifically. I, at present, um, own and operate two practices in the Winnipeg area with, uh, with my wife, who's also a dentist, and my partner, and we have um, a couple of associates. But over the past six years, um, which is the time since I graduated from dental school, uh, we've actually made... Uh, made a lot of um, a lot of interesting headways into um, dentistry and the business of dentistry um, after owning and operating uh, five dental practices um, so i 've transacted uh, a number of those and then we sold um, a number uh, three of them specifically after realizing massive growth um, over a, a relatively short period of time so that would I guess put me in a fairly unique position because certainly not every dentist does that. Um, in addition to that, I've um, had a lot of experience uh, identifying, uh, growing, and training a, a really capable team, which has been very instrumental in my own success. And I've also had um, opportunity and developed a real interest in in external marketing and in understanding the things that that attract patients to our office. So. Um, this has kind of been, in a nutshell, that's a bit of a, a real short description of my own journey over the past few years, and hopefully it gives us some really um, good food for thought as we talk for the next little while. Right. Um, when did you graduate from dental school, and when did was, you start your practice? Um, it was in 2011 that I graduated from dentistry. I was a, a bit of a late bloomer. I had, uh, I had held a number of different jobs prior to beginning my dental studies. Um, but yeah, 2011 is when I completed my studies and I worked as a, an associate dentist um, in a city practice and in a rural practice that gave me some really great experience. I did that for about eight months and promptly um, acquired a practice of my own. Got it. Got it. And um you have four kids. Uh, tell us about your family. Wow. Yes, I do have four kids and um, my, my pride and joy, I've got to say, but it uh, keeps me very, very busy. My kids uh, range in age from now eight months all the way up to 18 years, just graduated high school. So I've kind of seen the kind of run the full spectrum. And I was thinking the other day, you know, by the time my baby gets to be 18, it will have been 36 years straight, if you can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great fun though i love it that's great that's great is it boys or girls uh two of each actually two uh oh, nice. two el two eldest are boys and two youngest are girls oh nice that's great um let's talk about your experience um you know so even though you got into dentistry late you had 
business or life experiences prior to that, right? You said you had other jobs and did other things. Yes. Yes, that's right. So was it in a particular field or was it just um, anything you are into? Um, not really. As a, as, a, as a young man, I worked a number of um, different jobs. Mostly it was uh, intended to pay the bills. But what I'd never found was something where I could really pursue my calling and where I could develop um, any particular skill. And so I started exploring the, you know, the possibilities. And dentistry really caught my attention my attention because in my view dentistry occupies this really really important fascinating place at the juncture of art technology science and business and and for that reason i i uh, i pursued that and i ultimately did get into to dental school as an adult after going back to university and doing all of my prerequisites it was quite a journey because i had kids at the time um but I got into to dental school. It was a it was a really good experience. Um, I was actually the the student body president. I took it really uh, I, I took it really serious and had a lot of fun with it. Um, and really kind of immersed myself in the experience. And then after graduating, as I said, I uh, I worked for a short period of time and then bought my own practices. That's great. That's great. Um, what are some of the lessons you learned as a business owner? Like. Um, um, like I know a lot of people, um, you know, dentists, they end up being dentists for 35 years and then they retire. And um, so then, then they don't really become, you know, they don't master business, so to speak. Um, can you talk, walk us through your journey of kind of uh, um, starting your practice and then transitioning into an owner and uh, then having other people work for you? And what kind of are some of the lessons you learned along the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, great question. Thank you. Um, being a dentist is a challenging job uh, in itself because, of course, we have the responsibility to provide excellent care for our patients, often dealing with anxieties that they bring and preconceptions that they have around what it is that we do. So that in itself can be challenging. But when you add responsibility of, uh, of managing and training staff, or dealing with associates, uh, this can be a really, 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 really big challenge for for dentists. And so along the way over the past six years, um, and I think I've made more mistakes than I maybe care to admit. However, these mistakes are what can make us into a a stronger person, a better practitioner, and a better leader and manager of people. So um, I I, I guess in a a way, it's it's great, you know, we learn from failure. Uh, Some of the biggest things that that I've, I've found to be kind of the most impactful in, in practice um, is to become a great communicator. That's really, really important and can't be overstated. But I've also found that identifying and training the right team members as opposed to the wrong team members is, is critical. Um, and finally, uh, learning something about marketing and, uh, and how to be an effective marketer is very important. And it really relates to the first two um, things I said, which were being a great communicator, which is very much related to marketing, and to identify and train the right team members so that you're able to capitalize on being an effective marketer as well. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about each one of these three points you made. The first one you said is... Um, uh, communication. The second one you said is the right team member. And the third one you said is marketing. So let's talk about communication. What were some of the mistakes that you did, you made or others you saw making and either the dentist or the team members and, and kind of uh, 
and then what did you learn from it or why they were mistakes and then um, what are some of the correct ways to communicate i'm just curious because uh, uh, we learn from our mistakes and i love people who um, who notice their mistakes and talk about them because that's the only way to grow right so mm-hmm. definitely it is yeah um, i mean one of the great things about being a human being is we have this capacity to always be learning and so i i take that you know really to heart and i'm quite a voracious reader um and i think that learning to be a good communicator at least in my opinion you, you must be a you, you got to be a reader and you have to be learning from what other people have done so that we don't go out and and necessarily have to reinvent the the wheel at every turn so it, it starts there i think to be a great communicator it also starts with having the intent to be a good communicator um i find that that many of the people that i have worked with they're often not near uh, as effective as they could be or should be and this ranges from from the staff you know our auxiliary staff in the dental office who a lot of times will uh, attribute their own situation to patients um I, I see this often when when staff who are perhaps presenting fees or a treatment or, or working in chunk, conjunction with me to present fees or a treatment, they may attribute their own personal financial situation to a patient and be reluctant to, to really come out and tell people um, what the true possibilities are or what they really need. Um, so that's one area where I see a weakness and it's something that we, we work hard to overcome that. I also often see dentist um we've worked with say a dozen associates over the past number of years and very very often they have uh communication skills which which are lacking or could be improved Uh, many dentists will have a tendency to to focus on the technical aspects of a procedure um so the, the the you know the features of a procedure rather than speaking about the benefits of it or the consequence of, of, of not undertaking a procedure. So a lot of times we, we get it wrong, but I think with the really deliberate and intentional focus on being a better communicator, um, dentists, myself included, can really um, have opportunity to grow and be very successful. Right. Um, can you give me some examples of bad communication in a dental practice? like? Tell me stories and uh, tell me stories of good communication. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but... Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Well, here, I have, I've got an example for you. This is a, a real-life example, and uh, I know about it because we record a lot of our inbound uh, calls from, from external marketing leads. So um, I actually have... This is from a few years ago, but we had someone call into our office who was asking, uh, inquiring about dental implants, and the staff member who, who took the call proceeded to engage this person in a 13-minute dialogue. Um, and the end result was that my staff member, unbeknownst to me at the time, but my staff member referred this person who was inquiring about dental implants. She sent them to an orthodontist. Now, this makes absolutely no sense at all. And it, it, it came about because the person did not have as much training because they didn't know the kind of the, the boundaries and the, and the scope of their, uh, their own role to be able to make the, the correct judgment call and, and not talk too much or not try to diagnose over the phone. And this is something I, it's, if it's happened to, to me, I am pretty sure it's happened to other dentists too, where sometimes people will a little bit overstep the, the boundaries of what they 
should be discussing over the phone. And uh, I've seen many times where, where staff, they, they, they want to be involved in diagnosis and they want to be helpful. And sometimes they just end up saying the, the wrong thing. And this is just a, a glaring, almost silly example, but it is a true one. Right, right. Um, can you give me an example of great communication? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly try. I can tell you, um, I can tell you what, what I do and how I, how I try to be effective. Um, I feel that it's really, really important for us to, to uncover what our patients actually need and want. So one of the mistakes that I often see is that dentists are not taking the time to, to focus on what it is that their, their patients want to experience. Um, and so in order to remedy that, what I'll do is really sit down and, and take the time. I kind of believe in you know, consulting with people really, really slow and, and treating fast rather than the other way around. Rather than um, you know, being quick in our communications, we really slow it down and, and try to make sure that people are attended to. So I will, will take the time to try to uncover what it is. My consultations, um, a big part of it is me actually listening rather than talking. And, I, and I'm very upfront with people saying, I really just want to listen. I want to know, I want to know what your frustration with your, with your teeth or with your smile or what your health is right now, because only then can I even begin to propose a solution that's going to meet your needs. Right. So you're saying um, communication is all about finding out what they want and helping them get what they want because uh, nobody cares about what you think. They really care about, you know, what they want. In other, in other words, I come to you with a headache and instead of helping me with my headache, you tell me that, oh, I need, uh, I have, I'm losing hair and I need to do this with my hair and so forth. And you are like, you know, one, but if, if I address your headache, I talk to you about your headache, I listen to you about your headache, and I, and I solve it for you, now I trust you. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's definitely what I'm talking about. I, I, in my view, the, the biggest part of communicating is actually listening. Right, right. And you feel a lot of dentists don't actually do this. They're just so focused on what they have to say that they don't really understand what the customer wants and why the customer feels the way he feels. That is my observation, um, but I don't want that to sound like it's a negative. I think the dentists are, by and large, uh, very, very well-meaning, but there is a tendency to talk about the details of procedures rather than to take the time to listen to what the patient really, really wants and to meet that desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, a classic example is Steve Jobs coming up with an iPhone, right? I mean, he had no experience in the phone business but none of the people who are in the phone business ever took the time to ask the question, what do customers really want? Do they want these buttons? Do they want all this complicated, you know, career, you know, careers and their own. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But you're saying most of us are so busy doing the work like the people in the phone business who all are now jobless um, because of Apple, because all the mm-hmm. old phone companies are dead, right? I mean, you can't name a single phone company from Nokia to, you name it, all the darlings, Motorola that nobody yes. talks about now because they're dead. Right, right. You know, so you're saying most of us, and again, it's not just to do with dental dentists, but most of us are so busy practicing our craft, we stop to think about if I was a customer sitting on the other side, what would I want? What exactly. would I Interesting. Um, we talked about communication. Let's talk about um, 
uh, you, you, I, kind of you said something interesting. You said finding the right people. Why expand on this? Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, um, just talk more about what, what did you learn about, you know, building a team? Mm-hmm. Well, this, uh, having the right team in place, uh, first of all, really has the power to, to make or break a career. Um, and that may sound a little bit dramatic, so maybe I should say it has the power to make a day of work, a week of work, a month of work, something that is enjoyable and productive or something that is stressful and something that we might rather not do. So working with the right people for, for me is, uh, is extremely important. It is a, a really important step in, in getting toward, um, you know, to, toward building a, a practice that can be almost self-managing, which is, which is really a goal of mine. Um, working with the wrong people can just create create havoc. Um, people who don't know their job or who overstep the boundaries of what they should be doing, it can be very disconcerting to patients. It can be very disruptive in the office. I often tell my staff that a dental office is, is rarely something that our patients want to attend. I mean, the procedures are um, can be regarded by many people as painful or uncomfortable. People bring anxiety they don't like the the sounds and the sights and the smells and the worst thing that we can do is not be on the top of our game when when people come so we we spend a lot of time focusing on identifying the right people and training the right people i mean we go so far as every every 90 days we have an entire you know staff-wide meeting and we'll reserve the entire eight hours bring in breakfast and lunch and we review everything in our office from the ground up every 90 days, um, just trying to identify things that are not working correctly or things that maybe we could do better. Right. Perfect. Uh, I know I can talk a lot more about, uh, you know, um, the teams with you, but um, I want to get to something else that's near and dear to my heart, which is marketing. Uh, You know, we are a marketing company with 180 people and, you know, lots of different uh, moving parts. So I love marketing and I kind of agree with what you said. I think life is marketing. You know, at the end of the day, we all have to convince somebody or communicate something to somebody and make them, uh, you know, want to do something with us. So um, marketing is fascinating, right? I mean, you look at Steve Jobs to Mm -hmm. Google, they're all marketing companies. And uh, even our president today, he's a great uh, marketer, right? He knows how to to market. So uh, marketing is very powerful. It's very effective. Um, and of course, people can, you know, do all kinds of things with it, good, bad, etc. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, marketing is effective. And hopefully, if you do marketing in a way that's good for people, then it can be very, you know, very, um, you know, very uh, satisfying as well. So mm-hmm. um, I know you got passionate about marketing because you realized how critical it is. And of course, communication to me is part of marketing. Um and um, so I want to kind of hear your thoughts on, on some of the common mistakes or common uh, uh, issues you see, uh, at least in your practice when you took it over or when you started working on this versus other practices around marketing. Right. Well, the, the practices that I've had opportunity to be involved in, uh, when I first became involved, they did not do any marketing at all. Um, they were reliant on existing patients and people who happened to come across our practice, whether through passing on foot or in a vehicle or who looked us up 
um, you know, in the yellow pages or, or online and managed to track us down. So um, I'm, I'm pretty intent on, on building a successful practice. So something not only where I can enjoy coming to, but where my staff can feel valued, appreciated, and feel rewarded in their work because they're making a difference. And most importantly, a place where patients can come and feel like they're, they're treated like gold. Um, but that starts sometimes with finding the right people to even be there in the first place. And so, I mean, we take a, a very serious view on, on marketing and make a substantial effort to, to do it effectively. I see many dental offices who, who don't do that, uh, many who don't market at all, and that's, and that's okay, and some who market quite ineffectively. An example would be, um, you know, sometimes we'll get a, a postcard in the mail and it'll say something along, along the lines of, you know, such and such dental office, we're open Monday to Friday, nine to five, and we do every procedure you can think of, so you should call us. And I mean, it, it, it may sometimes catch people's eye if you, you know, if you drop tens of thousands of these week after week after week, but it's not really inspiring anyone to take action. And so the kind of marketing we do is we're really trying to elicit a response from people to, uh, to initiate some kind of emotional reaction so that we can make a connection with people. And I think that a lot of marketing fails to do that. Right, right. <clears throat> um, I would love to continue this conversation. Uh, any other thoughts you have, um, you know, in terms of wisdom? I know this is a short podcast, so I would love to talk to you more about marketing and some of your passions and some of your lessons. Anything else you want to share with our audience today? Um, I, yeah, sure. I'd like to share that. I mean, dentistry, despite what uh, we may see in, in certain places and some of the you know doom and gloom that exists in certain parts around the profession, dentistry is a fantastic profession that provides practitioners every opportunity to be extremely successful in life. So I, it, I don't really believe it matters where you are or what the demographics are like, or how much competition there is around you. There is always room in the world, in our communities, in our cities, for excellent practitioners who really, really understand what it is they do and who want to excel. Patients always appreciate. There's always patients out there who, who are looking for quality, who can discern quality, and who appreciate it. No, I totally agree. I think I love the mindset you have, which is, you know, the world is your oyster you can uh, you know um like it's like a box of chocolates you can make anything out of it and uh right it, it just uh, but doing the same thing that did not work is not going to get you there but kind of looking deep looking at what perhaps you should change and then continuing to evolve and adapt to the changing world um mm -hmm. you know like to give you a quick example in the old days people remembered phone numbers now most of us don't remember phone numbers right <laughs> yeah. yeah in the old yeah. days uh, we would flip the yellow pages now we are like most kids don't even know what yellow pages are you know they haven't seen that's right their life so uh things change it's like i remember vhs and you know, all that stuff but my kids are like what is vhs or what is even that right they don't even know what a cd is it's all downloaded right Nothing that's else. right yeah yeah well there's no question our our industry the dental industry is evolving it is changing over time and i think astute practitioners will recognize that and take steps to to bring their their practice into the current age, whether that's through, um, through new procedures or through new strategies to attract patients. Yeah. And, and the thing about marketing is also is that 
a person is a person. So if a person uh, uses a iPhone to search for something, uh, you know, for a restaurant, he's doing the same thing when he's looking for a dentist. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, so sometimes dentists kind of don't realize that the world has changed. So they kind of do the things they used to do because they're used to doing them. Like you said, word of mouth and so forth or walk-ins. But, uh, you know, but that doesn't work anymore. Like, you know, in the old days, uh, because we don't have information on our fingertips, we would walk into a restaurant, try it, and then decide. Now, mm-hmm. there's so much information. I can look at the pictures. I can read reviews. I can... Uh, see what my cousin thinks about that restaurant on Facebook. You know, there's so mm-hmm. much information. So mm-hmm. why would I, the average person today, not look at that information before I waste two hours of my time and a lot of money to go to that restaurant, right? Right. Of course they do. Yes. The same person is also the same person who comes to your dental office. So why would he not act the same way when he's at a dental office or when he's choosing you versus you know, so we are not, I mean, we live in the world. So if people are different today or do things differently today, we have to adapt the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. So I really enjoyed our conversation today and I would love to talk to you again. Um, and if people want to get a hold of you, um, I know you have some website and email and we'll put all of this in, uh, in the call notes. Mm-hmm. But what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Dr. Neil? Well, to reach me directly, I, I would suggest, uh, contact me on my personal email address, which is nathan.jeal at gmail.com. That's my, my personal address and goes straight to me. I do have um, several websites, which we could perhaps put in the, in the show notes if people want to read more about what I do. I'd be happy to share. And I would love to take you up on your offer and to speak with you again. Perfect. Perfect. I, um, I look forward to... Um talking to you more and really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us today. Thank you, Dr. Neil. And thank you everyone for listening to this podcast with Dr. Uh, Nathan Jeel.